Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. I am your host, Hayden Grove, joined as always by our Cavaliers beat reporter, Chris Fedor. And Chris got his wisdom teeth out last week, so I thought I'd start you out with a story. <laughs> this is a story, and it's basketball-oriented, so um, it's pretty it's pretty relevant. So, Chris, okay. first of all, how are you feeling? How, how's it going with the uh, with the wisdom teeth? How was the experience for you? Yeah, so it's been a little bit more than a week. Um, the experience for me wasn't all that bad. It's funny, too, because my wife was telling me a oh, horror that's, story. That's, that's great for you. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. It wasn't yeah. bad for you. <laughs> I mean, my wife was telling me a horror story about it was the worst pain that she's ever experienced in her life. And she was basically bedridden for multiple days and she was in a ton of pain. Um, I was like up and walking around and interacting with my son, Elliot, and outside in the driveway playing basketball with him later that day, actually. So I didn't have a ton of pain. There was a lot of bleeding, obviously, and there was a lot of um, situations that made my mouth feel very uncomfortable and eating sucked for the first couple of days. Like I was on a liquid-based diet for multiple days, and then when I went to physical therapy about two days after I had my teeth extracted, I almost passed out and I got lightheaded because I had like no yeah. energy and I had no food in me whatsoever. Yeah. Like the first day, I think I ate a cup of applesauce. The second day, I might have had like a smoothie from Robex that I had to put into a bowl and eat it out of the bowl because I couldn't suck it out of a straw. So just like. <laughs> There was nothing that I could find that was comfortable for me to actually eat for the first few days. And I lost, I think, eight pounds over the first oh, couple geez. of days because I couldn't eat anything. Yeah, that's but crazy. But pain-wise, I was better than anybody anticipated. And my wife was shocked that I was up moving around and trying to be active later that day. That's fantastic. I'm glad that, uh, yeah. that, you, were, that you were feeling good. Um, all right, we're gonna back trap. We're gonna travel back. Okay. Uh, Thirteen years ago. Okay. Um. I in the morning was scheduled to get my wisdom teeth out. Yeah. Um. I was not. They were. They were already out. Like they weren't impacted, so they didn't have to do surgery. Okay. Um. They just very. They took a bunch of Novocaine, a bunch, and just shoved it in my gum. And I couldn't feel it when they popped it out. I could I could feel the pop. They just grabbed it and popped it out. And I couldn't feel it. And, you know, and it got swollen, but I was in pain. And okay. I, was in, I was in pain because, like, it does hurt. Just the fact that they pull a tooth out of your, you know, jaw, it hurts. Right. All right. So I only got two of them out that day, the two bottom ones. Um, and that day, as I have, you know, as I have a bunch of gauze, like gauze in my mouth because yeah. it's bleeding. So I got, I look like a chipmunk because I got the gauze in my mouth. I'm in pain. Um, and I have to travel to um, Gainesville, Florida to pick up my sister from tennis camp at the University of Florida. She was, <laughs> she was, a, so I'm sitting in the car um, with all this stuff in my mouth. And, you know, it's like a five-hour drive to Gainesville. So it's me and my mom, just me and my mom on their way up there. So we get to Gainesville and, um, you know, get pick up my sister. And on the way back, we are scrambling to find ESPN Radio. Because on uh, July 8th, 2010, yep. 
Does that date ring a bell? It sure does. Yeah. Uh, that would be the day of LeBron James' decision. Yep. So riding back from my car for, with gauze in my mouth, like praying <laughs> to God that he doesn't break Cleveland's heart on national television. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what happened. And I just lost it. The whole day wow. I lost it. I was so, I was, I was so like, it was just such a long and hard day. And I remember <laughs> just being like, how could, why is this happening? Like, it was like, I was kind of still at that point. Like I wasn't, you know, I was 17. I was still young. Right. Like right. I, you think the world revolves around you. I was like, why is this happening to me? Yeah, all people me? on this day. And uh, yeah, so that I will never forget the day that I got my wisdom teeth out. That is for sure. Um, LeBron James announced he was taking his talents to South Beach uh, to join the Miami Heat that day. You're like, and, everything uh, at the same time is happening to uh, me all at once. Yeah, all at like, once. Why? It was so bad. <laughs> yeah, why? why me? Yeah, it was so bad. So bad. Um, but, you know, you you grow and you'll grow up and all that good stuff. Yeah. But it was, just, it was just a combination of all that. I was just like, really? Like, you right. embarrassed my face. You know, the city that my family loves. I mean, we're from, my mom's from Cleveland. My grandfather is Cleveland. Like we, I'm here for a reason. I'm not just here to be here. I mean, we have right. deep, deep roots here. So I was like, you embarrassed the city that we love. You <laughs> did it on the day where my teeth hurt and everything sucks. Yeah, man. Um, so that's also kind of a great segue to what I want to talk about. Okay. Because, you know, growing up a Cavs fan, which I did, um, it's still part of you. And even you can put that aside to right. be a professional. And I, and I, completely get that and i you know i do my i i, I kind of have kind of put my fan of aside completely i mean do i want to see do i want to see these teams win yeah i want to see them win for the city of cleveland i want to see them win for um you know my family my friends and all that right. but you know the rooting is out of it the letting it ruin your day is out of it too yep. but it's kind of different being a journalist because a journalist you're supposed to be objective right that's the whole name of the game but for yep. a player for a player that grew up as a fan of a team you don't have to be objective necessarily. I think that kind of sometimes you can lose it because you're just focused on where you are. Sure. But there is a Cavaliers player who grew up a huge fan of the New York Knicks and has was linked to the New York Knicks and just throughout the or just was taking part in a first pitch at City Field for the Mets yesterday during their subway series. That player being Donovan Mitchell and yeah. that player and Donovan Mitchell saying that he, I forget the exact quote, but he was on a podcast of some sort and was talking about playing uh, in the playoffs in the garden and said he was pretty shook. I mean, just said he got chills. Was, yeah, got chills um, being there. So yep. you wrote a uh, Hey Chris this week kind of asking, like, does Donovan Mitchell even want to be in Cleveland? Does he want to play for the New York Knicks? And I thought it was pretty fascinating. And it's something that's kind of been the subject of social media. So basically, <laughs> ah, Chris. Season. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, we're just looking for things to talk about, right? But, I mean, I think there's a legitimate um, question to be asked, and I think there's a legitimate answer to be had. So what would be your answer to that question? The way that I wrote it the other day, Hayden, is that nobody but Donovan Mitchell knows what's in his heart and in his head. That's true. And I kind of equate it to LeBron, in a sense, yep. okay? After LeBron came back to Cleveland and he won that championship for the Cavs, he was like unburdened, feeling like he could do whatever he wanted to do for his next step in his yeah. NBA career. Yeah. And there was a belief around the NBA, smart people in the NBA. All they kept saying was 
LeBron wants Los Angeles. LeBron's going to play for the Lakers. At some point in his career, that's going to happen because Los Angeles is home because he wants Bronny in a prestigious school out there on the West Coast playing basketball because he set up his business empire there on the West Coast. And because LeBron, who grew up as a Dallas Cowboys fan, by the way, like America's team, yep. always wanted to play for like a historical NBA franchise. And that wasn't Miami, and that wasn't Cleveland, obviously. A chance to play for the Lakers was something that always appealed to LeBron. Mm -hmm. So people around the NBA said, look, LeBron's logical next step after Cleveland is going to the Lakers. That was the belief around the league. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to Donovan Mitchell, ever since he came into the NBA, there's been a belief around the league that Donovan wants to play for the Knicks that Donovan's going to find his way to New York. Bright lights, big stage, marketable dude, great personality, unbelievable smile, like all those different things. Like he yeah. is New York. Um, so that's where this all starts. And then, of course, you had this past year where Donovan thought he was going to be traded to the Knicks. And Donovan was excited about the possibility of being traded to the Knicks. And his dad works for the Mets front office. And he played against the Knicks in the first round of the playoffs inside Madison Square Garden, where it was a raucous environment. It was one of the best playoff environments that I've ever been in. And I covered the four years of the NBA finals with the Cavs, with LeBron, with Kyrie, with Kevin Love. And I would put that environment up there with Oracle Arena for the finals. I would put that environment up there with um, Scotiabank Arena for the Toronto Raptors. So I got chills, too, being in there because, like, I'm human and you get caught up in that kind of atmosphere. And it was unbelievable to be at MSG for a playoff game of that magnitude with right. so many people being excited about the Knicks' chances and the Knicks being back in the playoffs and Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs playing against the Knicks and all those different storylines. So it was a great environment. But when you have somebody like Donovan, who's always been linked to the Knicks, saying those things about MSG and New York in general, and you have the trade that didn't happen between the Jazz and the Knicks and the emotions that were attached to that, and Donovan being a fan growing up and Donovan going to the garden growing up and all of those different layers to it, I can understand why people are talking about this. But again, like Donovan hasn't said anything about his desire to play for the Knicks, right? Mm -hmm. Donovan hasn't said anything about being unhappy with the Cavs or the direction of the Cavs or his teammates or the coaching staff. Um, Donovan has only since coming to the Cavs spoken glowingly about the organization, about the future of the franchise, about the Cavs' chances of competing in the Eastern Conference. This was a dude who found out that he was traded to the Cavs in the offseason, and he started gleefully running around a golf course in South Beach because he was so excited about <laughs> the possibility of playing for the Cavs, grew up loving LeBron James, as a Cavs fan, now he's got to play with Darius Garland and all those different things, right? Yep. So I I understand that for, for some people, they may think that the pull to New York is just too strong when it comes to Donovan. And maybe it is. 
maybe the tug is too strong. And if that's the case, if he just wants to be a Nick and he always wants to be a Nick, then there's nothing that the Cavs could do about that. And there's nothing that any other team around the NBA could do about that either. Right. We, we don't know what's in his heart and in his head. But if he's going to leave the Cavs for the Knicks, he would be leaving behind like a really, really good team, an organization that a lot of people think for the next couple of years can be a legitimate threat in the Eastern Conference. And he would be um, making the decision that he thinks is best for him to compete and to win. Because if there's anything that I believe I've learned about Donovan over the last year, year and a half or so, in talking to people from Utah, in talking to people around the NBA, and in talking to people um, close to Donovan and Donovan himself, he is motivated mostly um, by winning. That is first and foremost to him. So if he thinks um, in a couple of years or a year and a half from now, that the Knicks give him a better chance to win than the Cavs. And there's all that emotional stuff involved with him becoming a member of the New York Knicks. Then so be it. But yeah. I just don't think the Cavs have to be consumed with that right now. No, but it's something to where it's almost like the question. I think that the hard thing is, is like you traded for this guy, hoping that he'd be around for the next ten years, right? Like you, and he uh, could be. Uh, yeah, and he could be. You're right, but I mean, isn't that? I guess I don't know. I guess, I guess Kobe Altman. Like, how good did he bet the situation to where like, did he talk? Like, I'm sure he talked to Donovan before, but like, you know, I don't know. Like, maybe it was a situation where Donovan was like, yeah, I'll come to the Cavs, but not for long. If he and and. Kobe was like, okay, that might have happened. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I'm saying, like, there is concern there that, you know, if Donovan Mitchell wants to be a Nick, then this trade was okay for a couple of years, but then but then what, you know? He has given no indication at this point in time that he's unhappy with anything about the Cavs. No, it doesn't seem that way, no. And the only thing that he has said is that um, he is here right now. He's focused on trying to bring this city another championship. Um, he's doing everything that he can this offseason, coming off a horrible playoff appearance by his standards um, yes. to try and get himself better positioned so that he can be better in the next postseason appearance for the Cavs. The other layer to this whole thing. So if it does go that way that you're talking about, Hayden, yeah. if Donovan decides that he is unhappy in Cleveland, that he does want the Knicks or um, the Cavs get some kind of indication from him that an extension between the two sides isn't going to happen, or he's just going to leave in free agency um, when his contract is up. I think it's important yeah. to note that he's under contract for at least two more years. Then yeah. he's got a player option attached to that contract too. Mm -hmm. So um, having a guy under contract for two years in the NBA, like, yes, it goes quick. And yes, the clock starts ticking, but it's also a lifetime in the NBA. So many things in the league could be different two years from now. Right. Like Giannis could be somewhere else other than Milwaukee. Luka Doncic could be somewhere else other than Dallas. We just don't know what the league is going to look like two years from now. Right. So in saying all of that, the one thing that's not going to happen over the next couple of years is Donovan's trade value is not going to crater. So if the Cavs get some kind of feeling that 
their chances of keeping Donovan long term are not as high as what they thought when they made the investment in him last offseason. Okay. They flip him to trade and they recoup assets. Right. And they can get somebody else that can help them continue this championship quest. Yeah. So that's always a possibility. Or maybe they look at the situation a year from now and say, the Darius Donovan connection's not what we want it to be. We've got to break them up. We've got to trade one of the two. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, there are going to be other options that the Cavs are going to have to improve the team before it gets to a point where Donovan could just leave in free agency for New York. Yeah, that makes sense. It really does. Um, yeah, I, you're right. They don't need to be consumed with it because it's not time yet. Um, unless, you know, Donovan all of a sudden says, I want to be traded or something. Right. But that doesn't seem to be the case right now. So I think Donovan's probably just enjoying himself and, and you know, the off season and getting better and improving for, you know, what they hope will be an even more successful 2023-2024 um, season. Um Chris, what did you make of uh, the NBA Finals? Um, just finished up last night. Denver dominated. Um, Jokic was unbelievable yet again. <laughs> I mean, you know, it just seemed like that team was, I mean, it, it seemed like everybody and their brother just kind of knew that team was better than pretty much everyone else. Yeah, I mean, I think I was talking to somebody in a radio interview leading into the NBA Finals. It might have been my guy, Bo Bishop from Columbus. Oh, yeah. And I said, look, man, like all the data points to a very short series in favor of Denver. They're the better team. They're the deeper team. They're, to me, the more complete team. And nobody, and I mean nobody, has had an answer for the Murray-Jokic combination. Um, and there are a lot of other factors that were going to go into it. But I said, like, the only reason that you would hesitate into that kind of um, conclusion is because you have so much respect for the Miami Heat. You right. have that much respect for Spo. You have that much respect for playoff Jimmy, Bam Adebayo playing at a, a really high level, just a team that's tough as hell, that's not afraid of the moment. Like, all those different factors. They have champions on that roster. But like everything else, logic pointed you to Denver's better. And Denver's yeah. going to get out of this series quick, and they're going to win the championship. And it's just a matter of, can Miami avoid the sweep? You know, and that's the way that it played itself out. And I tip my hat to Miami um, for making some of those games competitive. I tip my hat to Miami for, for getting to the point where they were in the NBA Finals when a lot of people throughout the course of the regular season were wondering if they were even going to get out of the play-in tournament. You know, um, so Spo deserves a lot of credit. The Heat deserve a lot of credit for their culture. The players deserve a lot of credit for coming together at the right time and finding a way to peak at the right time. But Denver's just like a different caliber. You know how we yeah. talked about at the beginning of the season, Hayden, there are like tiers to every conference and there are levels to great. Like mm -hmm. there was a different level that Denver could get to, I felt, that Miami simply couldn't based on their personnel and based on some of their weaknesses. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, in, you, you're right. I mean, Jamal Murray, Jokic, I mean, those two just, I mean, they work so well together. And I think I think also Miami ran out of gas a little bit. I mean, you remember, they had to play yeah. two playing games. I mean, they they didn't really get any chance to, to break. Grind. So, yeah, it was a grind for them. But, hey, like you said, hats out to the Miami Heat, who, uh, you know, 8C to make the NBA Finals, it's a big deal. 
But yeah. now we enter the offseason for the Cavaliers. Uh, now now every team's back in it. <laughs> uh, just yeah. like that. They're back in it. Uh, Denver wins the championship, and now it's everybody else's turn to uh, to try to win the next one. So what are the – obviously the draft's coming up. We'll talk draft coming up. Um, what are kind of anything to look out for in regards to the Cavaliers over the next couple of weeks before the draft? Yeah, so many things have been quiet around this team, honestly. Yeah. And I think that speaks to a couple of things. Um, I think it speaks to they believe in this core four. They believe that it works together. They believe that it functions well together. And because of the trade that they made for Donovan Mitchell last offseason, the chances of them like going down a road where they were going to significantly shake something up after like one bad result, um, after seeing what it looked like for one playoff series, it just wasn't that high. And they don't have a ton of assets to significantly improve this roster. They've got the $12.2 million exception. Um, They're going to be players in free agency. Um, I think they're going to explore the sign and trade market with some of their quote unquote expendable pieces. What does Dean Wade and Jetty Osman together get you? What does Isaac Okoro and Jetty Osman get you? Maybe what does Ricky Rubio and his contract, that's a team-friendly contract, plus Jetty Osman, team-friendly contract, what does that get you? Um, so I just think if there's one thing that the NBA Finals reaffirm, and that's the hard thing, right? Because when you're talking about an NBA champion or you're talking about what one team does or another team does in the playoffs, it's hard to say, okay, we're just going to duplicate that. You know what I mean? Like, right. there there are no absolutes about this is the right way to build it. There isn't a specific mold of what it takes to win a championship. It's different for every organization. And if you're an organization, you just try and optimize the talent that you already have on the roster. Right. So in some ways, because the Cavs seem to believe in their core four, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen, it's then trying to replicate what Denver did from the standpoint of just find the complementary pieces, right? Just round out the roster. Um, and, and Denver didn't make significant changes after a first round playoff exit last year. They got Jamal Murray back healthy. They improved as a team. Players improved. The coach improved. And they added Bruce Brown on a cheap team friendly deal. They traded for Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, but that wasn't like a blockbuster-type move. And they added Christian Brown with a first-round pick in the NBA draft because they were like, you know, all we have to do based on what we already have in place is we just need to improve around the margins. And I get the sense right now, unless an opportunity presents itself to the Cavs, and this is always an aggressive front office, this is always an opportunistic front office, but yep. unless that opportunity presents itself, I get the sense that they're looking at the situation saying, let's improve around the margins. Let's get a starting caliber small forward somehow, some way. And let's see what that looks like for us, both offensively and defensively. Because I think it's hard for them to truly evaluate, um, number one, exactly what happened in that series against the Knicks and why it happened in that series against the Knicks, um, knowing that they had some rostered deficiencies that they needed to patch from the very beginning that they weren't able to patch. So let's see what it looks like after we do that. 
Yeah, the one thing I will say is that last year we kind of said the same thing, right? Like, oh, this team's probably going to stand pat. They're probably not going to do anything, you know. Yeah. Um, they were looking at another year of development and growth with Colin and Larry Markinen, but then boom, September 1st, everything changes. So we could be talking about the same, we could be talking the same way for the next two months yep. about this team kind of staying flat and staying kind of put. And, you know, obviously we'll talk, you know, when free agency rolls around and whatnot, but I'm just saying in general, like things can change very quickly. And you're right. The Cavaliers have been very opportunistic in regards to uh, trades and whatnot to improve their team. But it does seem like in the meantime that, um, that they are trying to improve around the margins. I think that's a perfect word for it. Yeah, um, and look, I mean, part of the reason why you think that's a logical approach for the Cavs is because, okay, let's say they want to be players for Bradley Beal, hypothetically. doesn't make a lot of sense here, right? Um, or let's say they want to be players for somebody like Jalen Brown or, or Brandon Ingram or something like that. Right. Um and this is just hypothetical. I'm not saying that the Cavs have looked into these guys, so don't aggregate that. Um, <laughs> but, like, you have to think about what that package is going to look like that Boston would want back or that New Orleans would want back or that Washington would want back. And then you have to say to yourself, like, do the Cavs have the pieces to make that kind of deal work? And then would they be willing to give up what it would take in order to get that caliber player one year after trading for Donovan Mitchell in that kind of deal. You know what right. I mean? It's yep. very rare that a team goes out last off season and trades away everything that the Cavs traded away in order to get Donovan Mitchell. And then in the next off season, they have the same kind of blockbuster deal just right. in a different kind of way. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't probably make a lot of sense. So it, it I get it. it. And you're right. It's the two blockbuster trades. I mean, there's going to be movement in the NBA. There's going to be a lot of movement in the NBA. I mean, Chris Paul is a free agent now. Um, Kyrie Irving, a free agent. Uh, James Harden might not want to stay in. I mean, there's going to be movement around the NBA, but I don't sure. think, the, I don't think the Cavaliers are necessarily the team. Well, like, like we like said, Damian last Lillard year. might get traded this off season. Yep. yep. But Damian, that doesn't right. mean that the Cavs are going to be involved in that. Or that the Cavs have the pieces to be involved in that, pieces that right. they'd actually be willing to move in order to accomplish that. Right. But it does, it, you, like I said, last season, you know, we weren't, we were saying the same thing. So you never know. Sure. You never know. Sure. But um, here's the thing, too. Like, of of everybody that is rumored to be, quote unquote, available this offseason, like, do any of those guys fit the parameters of no. what the Cavs need? You know what I'm saying? No, like no. we we know they need a starting caliber guards. small forward, a two way wing. Like yeah, who's the guy that is available that fits that? Damian Lillard's a point guard. I mean, I guess Jalen Brown. If you want to go that direction, if you want to have that conversation, um, Bradley Beal's a shooting guard. You know what I mean? So like, if there was that logical two way wing that was quote unquote available, that was like a standout type player, a no brainer. This is the kind of guy that would fit so well for the Cavs. They need to really, really explore that. Okay. That's one conversation. Right. But like, I don't see that guy out there. No, they don't have I enough don't to get OG and if Toronto makes him available via trade. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes sense. Um, 
Yeah, like I said, around the margins is a great way to describe it. You kind of have your core in place and you hope that they improve, obviously, but you it's it's around the margins where they're going to have to get better shooting defense, all that good stuff. Um, is there anything else, Chris, that you wanted to get into that I'm missing? No, I don't think so. I just think when it comes to the whole Donovan Mitchell, New York Mets, Donovan Mitchell, New York Knicks thing, like we have to understand the collective we. The collective we have to understand that these dudes are humans. Yeah. These dudes are robots. These yeah. they aren't robots, right? Like no. they have emotions, they have feelings, and they have backgrounds too. Just yeah. because a guy gets traded to a new situation, it doesn't mean that he abandons all of his previous fandom. It doesn't mean that he changes his loyalties in the snap of a finger. Like Donovan has adopted Cleveland as his own. He goes to Cleveland based restaurants, right? Um, he goes to high school basketball games. He goes to Cleveland Guardians games. He's mm-hmm. thrown out the first pitch. Um, all these different things that you would want from a new superstar going to a new team, he has done and he has embraced about the city itself. But that doesn't mean that 25 years of loyalty to the New York Mets goes away and he's going to turn down an opportunity to throw out the first pitch and he's going to burn all of his New York Mets gear and he's not going to talk about his beloved baseball team on Twitter and stuff like that like we can't just say well you're here in Cleveland now all that stuff from your life that doesn't come with you because you're trading for people you're drafting people you're signing people And people have backgrounds and people have loyalties like Dean Wade isn't going to root for the Cleveland Browns over the Kansas City Chiefs. Like it's not going to happen just because he plays for the Cavs. Like his fandom lies first and foremost with the Kansas City Chiefs, the team that he rooted for growing up, the team that is close to his heart and close to his home. So like we have to remember those kinds of things and we have to give these players a little bit of latitude to be human. Yep. I could not agree more. Could not agree more. That's that was really well said because you're right. You're right. It's just it's a matter it like Bernie ruined it for everybody. He really did. <laughs> <laughs> like Bernie Kozar ruined it for the city. And I love Bernie. He's a great, great guy. We got I've gotten to know him um pretty well with the South Florida connection. But he yeah, he ruined it because like he, when is that ever going to happen again? I mean, it probably won't to where like right. a Cleveland guy manipulates the situation to be in Cleveland and ends right. up being a really damn good player. I mean, it happened. It happened. It did happen again. It happened with LeBron, but obviously a little different. Didn't have to manipulate the situation. I think maybe that's why it hurt a little more. Um, but yeah. yeah, that yeah, Bernie, Bernie really, he did a great thing for Cleveland, but he also kind of made it like an expectation now that like, oh, you come to Cleveland, you have to love Cleveland. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, too many people have uh, have not have left Cleveland. And uh, we just hope Donovan's not the next. Right. I mean, if you're a Cavs fan, you hope that Donovan's uh, that that Cleveland is, you know, he's happy here and that he doesn't yep. want to go to New York as quickly as it seems. But you're right. He is a human being and you can't just I mean, Alan Houston, Nick's legend is also very close with him. Oh my God! Yeah, um, they have. Like, yeah, they have. There's just there's a lot been, of pies there. Yes, that has been a family friend of Donovan's. I actually reached out to the Cavs on that one because that picture was floating around on the internet, and I said, "Hey, do you guys have any problems with with this with this picture of Donovan 
I'm golfing with, you know, a New York Knicks executive. He's a New York Knicks legend, obviously, but he's also in their front office now. And they're like, are you kidding me? Like, that has been a family friend of the Mitchells for years. And Alan Houston's son plays college football at Louisville, too. So, like, those things are well known when it comes to the Cavs. And it doesn't mean that the Cavs are, like, burying their head in the sand and saying, oh, we've got Donovan forever. Like, we don't have to worry about anything when it comes to that. No, it just means they're not consumed. They're not... (laughs) To, to borrow a term from um, people that we know, they're just not majoring in the minor at this point in time. Yeah, they're focused exactly. on other things. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, I'm glad that you're feeling better with your uh, with your um, wisdom teeth. And uh, Thank you. Hope you put those eight, pa- eight pounds back on quickly. Um, <laughs> yeah. The first thing that I did um, once I was able to like eat more normally, I got prime rib and I made sure that I enjoyed it because eating a bowl of mashed potatoes or a bowl of applesauce or just a protein shake smoothie, that was not satisfying. You know how much I love food. You yeah. know this. Yep. And I was just like miserable for the first three days because there were so many different things that I was craving and I'm like, I cannot physically eat anything except for something that's really, really soft or something that's liquid. And that's just not going to be enough for me, who's used to eating these big ass meals for lunch and for dinner. So the yeah. first thing that I ate once I was able to chew normally was a prime rib dinner. Um, and it was unbelievable. It was like the best prime. And it wasn't the best prime rib ever, but it tasted like the best prime rib ever because I had been deprived of food for multiple days. Desperation. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Desperation makes, yeah. Desperation makes things. Uh, yeah, exactly. It makes things a lot better. <laughs> yeah, a lot better. So I get it. I totally get it. All right. Well, glad to hear that, man. Um, we will be back next week before the NBA draft. What day is the draft? 20. It's Thursday. Oh, this Thursday. Yep. No, no, not tomorrow. No, not tomorrow, the, but the next the Thursday. The coming yeah. Thursday. The yeah. 22nd. Yes. Yes. So we will talk next week before the NBA draft. Cavaliers pick do not have a 49. Buckle yeah. up. <laughs> Cavaliers have a 49th pick. You're not expect. We're not expecting that to be a uh, a starting caliber player or, you know, potentially even a rotational player. But it could be. You never know. You, there, yeah. w- what was Jokic picked? Uh, I believe he was 41. And there at the go. time that he was picked, they were in the middle of a Taco, Taco Bell commercial. commercial. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and so you never come know. back from break and they're like, oh, by the way, the Denver Nuggets picked this dude, Nikola Jokic. And then like, I don't remember. So a couple of years after that, um, when he got his max contract extension, and it was kind of surprising that he got that contract extension because he wasn't this yet. Um, we saw it. They, they. They ran highlights of Yusuf Nurkic instead of Nikola Jokic. Oh, no. Yes, they did. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. (laughs) It was a whole highlight package B-roll of Yusuf Nurkic of the Portland Trailblazers. So that goes to show you. Um, But, yeah, pick 49. The chances of that guy being an impact player for the Cavs are minimal. That dude, Jokic is just—he's unbelievable. And, and I'm not—I'm not even talking about basketball. I'm just talking about like he doesn't even like—he doesn't even love basketball. He's like, I want to go sure home to my does. horse. 
Okay, well, it's uh, fine. But he loves he's his like, horse, too. Yeah, he's like, he loves his horse. Well, okay, he might love basketball, but he loves his horses more. I'll, I'll bet you that much. <laughs> I need to go home to my horses. No parade. I'm like, oh, my God. He's just, that's, he's un- an unbelievable player in so many different ways. So, yeah, I agree. congrats to him, the Denver Nuggets. Congrats to former Cavalier Jeff Green. Yeah. Uncle Jeff, NBA champion after But stops. Cavs fans should not expect Jokic with the 49th pick. No, no, do not expect <laughs> Jokic. That is do called not... the exception, not the rule. You can, you can expect your, maybe Yusuf uh, Jokic, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. If you're lucky, yeah. Maybe or you can Khan. expect you can expect Isaiah Mobley. Okay, that's fair. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Hey, Isaiah Mobley, you know, potentially could play his way up into a role player. Yeah. You never know. We'll see. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Be sure to check out Chris's subtext, $3.99 a month, 14-day free trial. All you have to do is go to cleveland.com slash Cavs, click the blue banner at the top of the page, enter your phone number, and you will be sent directly to where you need to go to enter. Uh, All great insight analysis news and straight to your phone before anywhere else. $3.99 a month, 14-day free trial. Also, if you're uh, already on this uh, cleveland.com Cavs post uh, for the Wine and Gold Talk podcast that this um, podcast will be posted on you can just go to the bottom and it will be there for you as well so easy ways to access chris's subtext in the meantime like i said we will talk next week as the cavaliers prepare for the nba draft otherwise have a beautiful day we will talk to you soon take care